Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, chaplain, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. But I do believe that we can use any method that is not against God's Word. I think we should use everything, every tool that we have. If we have computers, how can we use this for the Lord? If you have a car, how can we use that for the Lord? If we have the ability to walk, how can we use that for the Lord? You see, it's that mindset of how can we bring people to Christ? How can we be used and how can we be a vessel and be used of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are those things that we can do to reach out to other people? Because we have one purpose in life, and that is to bring people to Christ. Now, I think I gave, Sister Jessica, I think I gave you the wrong, I think I told you Matthew 21, and it's actually Matthew 19. As we get into this morning's message, in Matthew chapter 19, it's verses 16 through 22, and I apologize, that was my mistake. I put that down wrong, so it's wrong in your bulletin. One of the best classes I had in seminary, I believe it was my first year in school, was a class of personal evangelism. It was taught by Tim Sullivan, who is a missionary to the Solomon Islands. But he couldn't stay in the Solomons, and so he would go over for six weeks and then be back and go to six weeks. And it was amazing the work that was being done in the islands. How many thousands of people were coming to Christ. Entire villages were, were coming to Christ. And the whole village would have morning service every day, afternoon service every day. And everybody would come, and that's, what they, uh, that's all that they knew. Now, very primitive society. As an average, the people today, I was checking uh, yesterday, and the average annual income is $6 a year. $6 a year. And the taxes now are $8 a year. And most people can't make enough, they don't make enough money to even pay their taxes. And they're so remote that the government never comes. They try to pick up their tax, but unless you're living in big cities, uh, Honiar or one of those, that you, you're just not there. Uh, they're, they're just not going to come and bother you for your taxes. Well, every morning we had to be there a half an hour early before school, and we met in the Bellflower Church building, and all of the, the class lined up on the, on the floor, and we had an, a half an hour of prayer. Now, I liked my sleep. <laughs> and I had to, I, I was working late afternoons and evenings, and it was hard to get there in time, 7 o'clock, ready to go, so that we, you would be there for the prayer. And that was a requirement every day that we would be there to pray. I say that because tonight we have a prayer meeting. It is important to pray and ask God to open those doors. Ask God to bring people in your path. Ask God 
Who it is that I can bear that precious seed? Who is it, Lord? You give me people to witness to. And I know that God answers those kinds of prayers. And so that personal evangelism class, that was a great class. And then part of that class, we went out, we knocked on doors, we did all those kinds of things. But I think Jesus would have failed that class. And I tell you why. Let's read here in Matthew 19, beginning in verse 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to stop right there. Because then he gives the parable of the, of the eye of the needle, the camel and the eye of the needle. So I, I said that Jesus would probably fail the evangelism class because here is a great prospect. Here is a man that looks like he's got it all together. And he is coming to Jesus really wanting and asking the truth. He really wants an answer. He was ripe for the picking. He was eager. There was no way that he was going to go away without receiving eternal life. But he did. There are many, and I've known, I have some family that's involved and still in Hollywood. There was something missing in their lives. There was something that just wasn't there. One of the reasons I loved preaching in the prison is because everybody there knew that they were lost. Everybody there knew they had a need. And this rich young man comes to Jesus. And he has a need. And instead of signing the young man up, instead of saying, Oh man, we're, you're, you're just what we're looking for. And really, this young man is in turmoil. All his religion and all of his wealth had not given him the peace, the joy, the settled hope that he was looking for. He was coming on a basis, he was coming to Jesus, he had a deep need. He knew what he was missing, he was missing eternal life. His motivation in coming to Christ was faultless. His attitude was right. He wasn't haughty. He's not presumptuous. He's not coming like some of the others that came to Jesus trying to trap Him. He's just very honest. And He says, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do to have eternal life? There are many people who know that they don't have eternal life. But this young man is desperate. There's a sense of urgency there. And there's no warm-up. There's no... Well, Jesus, let me tell you a little bit about myself and no background. He just blurts it out. And He blurts it out in front of many people. 
So there's humility. He knows he has a need. He's not worried about losing face. He's not worried about what other people thought. That other people might think, oh, well, look, this guy hasn't made. He's a spiritual giant. He must know. A lot of people in seeking to understand this passage maybe have taken this young man to task and said, oh, how evil. But really, his mistake was in asking, what good thing shall I do? That's the mistake. It was a fair question, but it wasn't calculated. It's not trying to build himself up in self-righteousness. It's a simple, honest question asked by a simple truth. What good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? But here's the extraordinary circumstance. If you wish to enter eternal life, keep the commandments Jesus tells him. Well, that's a correct answer. If you keep the law, then you are perfect. You've never violated anyone. You would have eternal life. But we know that that's the standard that no one can keep. That no one can reach. That's the standard. And He's coming with the right motive, the right question. Why does Jesus not tell Him the way of salvation? Because there's something missing here. There's an important quality that's missing. He utterly lacks a sense of his own sinfulness. Sometimes God knocks us on our back to make us look up. Sometimes He gets us to a place where we have no other way to look, but we have to look to the Lord and recognize that it was only Jesus Christ that could give life. You see, the Lord didn't offer this rich young ruler his felt need, but He offered him an answer to confront him with his sin. He wanted him to recognize people cannot come to Jesus Christ for salvation just to get psychological help or their needs or their anxieties or because of a lack of peace or a sense of hopelessness. There must be those that we want to turn away from sin. That's why... In our class, we saw the whole thing with John. John said, you need to repent. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Jesus also preached, the kingdom of God is in heaven. Repent. It's a turning away. You see, salvation is for people who hate their sin, want to turn away from it. It's for individuals that understand that we have lived in rebellion to a holy God and we want to live for glory. You see... Jesus' answer took the focus off the young man, his felt need, and it put it back on God. He says, for there is only one who is good. He began to bring it back so that he would see that it was only one. Then he held him to that divine standard. So he would see how far short he fell. There are a lot of people today that say, all you've got to do, just come forward, make a decision for Christ. Just come and and, and all you need to do is just ask the Lord to save you. But really, we have to get to a place where we recognize our sin has separated us from God. In other words, personal evangelism means making people aware that they're sinners that they need a Savior. That's why in the prison it's easy to lead men to Christ. Everybody knows they're wrong. Contrary to belief, uh, you know, not everybody in prison says, oh, I'm innocent. I've, I've met very few people that said they were innocent and I believed them. I believed them because there were so few. Most of them said, oh, no, I did it. I deserve to be here. 
And the family, they lost everything and they only had Jesus Christ. And you see, when people recognize that they're a sinner, it's easy to lead them to Christ. Hi, this is Paul Thomas. Sorry to interrupt your listening. Permit us to take a moment to let you know how you can contact us at School of Ministry. You can now reach us at schoolofministryresources.org or BibleLandmarks.com. You can also reach us at P.O. Box 837, Valley Springs, California, 95252. Thank you for tuning in. Now, back to the message. That's why we have to look all the time and see God high and lifted up. That's why we need to see the glory of God because we see the glory of God then we recognize we've fallen short. I love the 12-step program AA because one of the first things they do is they make you recognize you cannot do this. You cannot do it because you have fallen short. You've already proven you messed up. You see, and that's what we do in the, in the Scripture. That's what Jesus did with this young man. He says, you're asking the wrong question. You have the right heart, but you're asking the wrong questions. Because he says, oh, if you wish to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. The young man had ignored, rejected all the other points. He was unwilling to confess his own sinfulness. And Jesus says, he only gives them half of the commandments. You should not commit murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. But he brings it to the last. You shall love your neighbor evangelism must take the sinner and measure him against that perfect law of God. When we recognize the perfect law of God, then we see that the gospel doesn't deal with our feelings, our needs, our problems. All of those are superficial. Really, the symptom is sin. And that's what has to be dealt with. And that's what Christ dealt with on the cross. So the scripture says, the young man said to him, all these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? There's kind of a shallow perception of the law there, isn't there? He says, I've done all those things. It's possible on the, on the surface that he had, but God looks at the internal application. He looks at us in our life. There's no way that he could honestly have kept all the law. He could not have been telling the truth. Either he was lying or he was self-deluded. And there was only one way that Christ could make him recognize. And he said it's... And by the way, it's, it is sinners who recognize how unfit we are for heaven that we come to God for forgiveness. And if we're not ashamed of our sin, people cannot receive salvation. So at that point, and it's interesting because Mark chapter 10, verse 21, gives the same story. But Mark adds something else. It says, and looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him. So Jesus isn't trying to be cruel or be harmful. The statement paints a, a, a pathetic picture. The young man, sincere, his spiritual quest is genuine. He was honest. He was honestly a, a religious person and he's honest that, and Jesus loves him. However, Jesus doesn't take sinners on their terms, only on God's terms. As much as he loved the young man, 
Nevertheless, he could not grant him eternal life because he had requested it. Jesus tries to help the young man see the essential element of salvation. Jesus, what's he telling him? If you wish to be complete, perfect, mature, if you wish to have everything, in other words, go and sell your position, possessions and give them to the poor and you shall have treasure in heaven and come follow me. He challenged him at the point of his life. Jesus was basically saying, you say you love your neighbor as yourself, okay? Let's put it to the test. <laughs> you say you love your neighbor like yourself. If you really love him, give him everything. Give him all that you have. And you come follow me. And you be my disciple. Jesus was really testing him whether he's willing to submit himself to God. Scripture never records that the Lord ever demands this of anyone else. That he's told anyone else that you've got to give everything away in order to have salvation. No, that's not what he's saying. He's coming to the point in this man's life. The Lord was exposing the true weakness, the sin of covetousness, the indulgence, the materialism. He was indifferent to the poor. He loved his possessions. So the Lord challenged him at that. And that's why it says in verse 22, when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieved, for he was one who owned much property. He wouldn't come to Jesus if it meant giving up his possessions. Now, God can take away our possessions. He can take away all of those things in a moment. How many people in fires and things recently have just lost it all? And in one day, maybe you're still alive, but everything that you had was burned up. That's a st sad story. He really did want eternal life. He just wasn't willing to pay the price and repent of sin and submit to Christ. Tragic, heartbreaking ending. The rich young ruler came for eternal life but left without it. He thought he was rich, but he walked away from Jesus with nothing. Although salvation is a blessed gift of God, Christ will not give it to the man whose hands are full of other things. A person who is not willing to turn from their sin, not willing to say all of these things are yours, Lord, or his false religion or his selfishness cannot turn in faith to Christ. It means that you and I have one way to come to God. And our job in evangelism is to help people recognize that they need a Savior. I love the song we're about to sing. It's my favorite song. I love that, that we come to this point of invitation where we invite people to come. As we see, it says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Without one thing that I have. I love the words of this song because he says that he recognized this. We are poor, we are weak, we are undone. We have nothing of our own. And yet he is able to do all. And he receives sinners. Our job in taking the gospel, it's not our job to convict them of sin, but we must recognize before we can see it, uh, a confession of faith that they have repented of their sin. They recognize that their sin has kept them from God. 
That's all we need to know about evangelism. <laughs> you got to get a person lost before they can get saved. They have to recognize their need and that nothing that they have is worth anything. Christ is worth it all. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at scl.com of ministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.